0: Hello. Today I chat with Vedika Jane, who is a partner at Weekend Fund, which is a great fund that invests in, yeah, invests in a bunch of great companies and also uh, runs this awesome newsletter called um, Signature Block. And Signature Block is like a newsletter that kind of demystifies venture capital. And so uh, Vedika and I chat about, kind of that and what it means to, you know, how they're de- demystifying venture capital, the rise of all these emerging managers, because, you know, distribution is easy with substacks and podcasts or whatever. And also the infrastructure is easy with Angelist and rolling funds, and whatever. And so we kind of chat about what it means that solo capitalism is becoming more and more of a thing and like the rise of emerging managers and also how they're kind of becoming squads and collectives as well. It's a really kind of interesting convo about that and also about kind of how you know, the first part of the conversation is how, you know, we chat about how Vedika thinks about increasing surface area of serendipity and finding these like high output um, kind of job careers. You know, it's like, how do you make the rest of your uh, career look like a footnote, you know, and only go for those kind of power law um, roles, I think is a really smart way of doing things and kind of following your rabbit holes, following what you're excited by, and then going for awesome career paths. So I hope you t- enjoyed today's episode. I learned a lot about, yeah, just like The how to kind of move through life in a kind of outsized impact power law way and also where the venture capital industry is likely to go in the next kind of 20 years. So I hope you enjoy it and bye. Hello, Reese's Pieces. I'm Reese, the co-founder of Root and welcome to The Reese Show. I believe the best way to predict the future is to build it. And so I'm interviewing pioneers on the frontier to understand what the world will look like and the secrets behind how they're building it. These are insights from the frontier. And today, I'm excited to chat with Vedika Jain. Vedika is a partner at Weekend Fund, an early stage VC who has invested in companies like Intercom and Deal. Vedika, thanks for being on the show and welcome.
1: Thanks for having me, Race. I'm excited.
0: Me too. I'm excited as well. And I think what I want to do today is kind of pick Vedika's brain both on the kind of the work that she's doing um, with venture and weekend fund and the stuff that she's investing in. She built this awesome kind of, you know, digital health um, marketplace map recently, for example. Uh, but then also what what you're doing at uh, weekend fund is really cool around kind of demystifying venture capital more generally. And, you know, with this thing called signature block, which is a great kind of newsletter to help people understand how to get into venture and how to kind of um, become like a helpful person in the venture capital ecosystem. So before we chat about that, I want to start on the first one and just like, Ask you, Vedika, like, how did you start to um, get into venture, and why did it kind of make sense as a for you as as you were traveling through life? Mm. Why did venture kind of make sense?
1: Yeah, happy to share more of the backstory. So, um, I need to take you back to when I was twenty. I did a venture capital internship. Um, I went to a university in the Bay Area, and um, my senior year of college, I basically called, emailed my way. Into um, an internship at a great stage fund, and um, this is Mythos Capital, one of Peter Thiel's funds. And um, I hadn't had any full time jobs at the at that point in my life. And my takeaway was, how are these people getting paid to hear other people talk about how they're building the future? Right, like how is this a job that adults can have? And when I grow up, I'm going to have this job. Um, and um, they were just extremely like intellectually generous with me as well, um, which left an impact um, in the best possible way. And um, when I graduated, I went to Stripe um, and um, ended up leaving the U.S. because I um, did win the H-1B visa lottery and joined a fintech startup in London called TrueLayer Layer as their first PM. I was really into this idea of building good fintech infrastructure for the internet, because I saw at Stripe that if you do a good job building infrastructure, it's not about you. It's about all of the businesses that get started, you know, better, faster, stronger because of the work that you do. And that was really rewarding because I wanted to kind of continue with that. Um, And um, whilst I was a PM at TrueLayer, and I loved it, that company grew extremely fast. It's 400 people now. Um, I always remembered the energy, of working in venture, and um, I started writing fantasy investment memos part time. So when I saw a company um, that I thought was interesting that funded on TechCrunch, or um, there are some VCs like square Ventures who publish um, uh, a, a basically a deal memo um, or an external-facing version of a deal memo on their website. I would try to reverse engineer the deal as if I'd seen it, um, and I, I, you know, of course, like I had no like access, so to say, or no capital to invest in these deals, but would try to really like learn more about the product, about the company, about the team, et cetera. Ended up writing about a few companies early on. And then when I interviewed for the role at Weekend Fund, this was a part-time FIFA staff role. Um, I shared some of my memos with Ryan. And I think he really appreciated that I kind of started doing the work without asking for permission. So there like something about that dynamic was a bit like you're already doing the work, like come to Weekend Fund and get paid for it. Um, and yes, yeah, so I started at Weekend Fund part time uh, as a part time to the staff. And uh, this was more than four years ago now. And yeah, I got promoted to partner uh, last year and it's been the best job I've ever had.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's an, I love that you um, you know there is something cool about like you know when you're looking from the perspective of venture and you're like oh my god these people just get to um listen to amazing ideas and then just like place the money at the towards the people it's like how do you get paid for that and obviously that's kind of you know venture is also just like a job of like taking in thousand things of inbound uh-huh. and just like pause every day. And then you like say no to almost everybody. And blah, yeah. blah. so it's like, there are some, there are, there are tons of downsides too. How do you think about a thing that though, that I love is that um a, you just, as a person, I think, you know, we were chatting before the show about just like kind of advice for ambitious young people. It's uh-huh. like, you know, how do you think about that kind of, you know the doing the work before you're there mm. piece, or kind of like following what's easy for you. Um, t- tell me more about that and how you were kind of you were doing deal memos, and then you were just like, I love this stuff. Like, uh-huh. and, and then you actually were like, now I'm going to actually go get a job with it. T- tell us about that kind of mindset or process.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think the internet makes it um much easier to start doing the work we want to do without asking for permission. Um, or at least parts of the work that we want to do. So I can just talk for venture in this case, like, um, you know, I think it really comes down to, um, you know, like sourcing companies, right? Evaluating whether we want to invest in companies um, and then really being the best possible partner to those companies and helping them grow. <clears throat> and then on the on the other side, being very like a very um, responsible, communicative and high performing fund managers to our LPs. Because they're another stakeholder. Um, And my thinking was very much like, how can I unbundle the job? And what part of the job can I start doing without a venture capital fund saying you are now an investor? And my kind of logical answer to that was, I think the diligence side. Like, no one's stopping me kind of like diving into companies. So that was just my natural kind of starting point for that. um, Because I could start today.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think it's a smart, it's kind of like, Hey, you're looking at the internet and whether Mm. it's, you know, for someone who's doing like coding stuff, they're like, Oh, I can kind of, how do I want to like support? Well, I'll just go go out. I love like the Ruby on rails or the Rust Mm -hmm. ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to like contribute open source to that or whatever. And I think similarly you can within venture, you're just kind of like, look, it's not like you can go out necessarily and get, um, start investing as an angel investor and you're, you have like, you know, your $5 million or whatever, or, you know, the LP connections, but what you can start doing, is just like, Hey, Here's like, here's my take on diligence mm. and here's my, you know, so I think that's a very smart um, way to go about stuff. Do you think that there's a, and I guess for the folks listening, it's like when you're looking at the world, mm. yeah, to just kind of like, was there a generalizable piece of advice there? You mm. know.
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I think like a part of the generalizable piece of advice is just the permission slip. You know to be like you can just like if you know what you want to do in life of course if you don't want to do i think there's like a you know set of like other explorations to go down but if you know what you want to do i think there's usually a version of that that you, that, you know you can start doing today um and it was it's help. it was really helpful um in a lot of other ways as well in that Um, it really gave me like a lot more conviction that I wanted to pursue venture. And that conviction made me pursue it with like a sense of drive that I think I wouldn't have had if I hadn't like, you know, like been writing those memos nights and weekends. And then the other thing is, it just makes you like so much more competitive in just like the practicality of being more competitive in like interview process. Like you don't have to like scramble to you know get caught up it's just a natural extension of what you were doing and I really there was something about that um I think it was the first time that I was going into a job where the interview like truly felt like a conversation because it was just like felt like an extension of what I was doing and I I, you know I want to see more of that and then maybe some like unrelated to like the the fantasy memo specifically, some I think some more generalizable learnings from this, um, from like we're having this role at Weekend Fund, is um, earlier in my career, I was picking companies to work for, not people. Um, and even the best companies, I've worked at some incredible companies, Stripe being one of them, TrueLayer being um, another one, both breakouts. Um, you know, in their kind of respective domains. But it's impossible, I think, for companies to like maintain talent as they grow. even the best companies. And for me, like, as you're having, you know, if it's your first job out of school or your second job out of school, um, ultimately, I think what makes or breaks, breaks that experience is like who is the person you're working most closely with or it's often the person you're working for depends on your setup um and i think it just made much more sense like i want to start a company someday and for me just like the insight really was i should just pick companies to work for because sorry people to work for but because even companies are just a proxy um and people just felt like a better proxy so that was i think one learning the second learning was uh Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I guess one piece of context. Um, so for me, like that person was Ryan at Weekend Fund, um, who's my boss and the general partner at the fund. He's, he founded Product Hunt. Um, and I had a lot of respect for Ryan going into it and definitely lives up to the heights even four years later. Um, and then the second piece of generalizable advice is I think these like breakout roles So first thing, like I think breakout roles are very real in that I don't think people's careers are like a series of equal opportunities, right? Like just like our company, sorry, our portfolios have like breakout companies where we'll have like one company, right? One outlier basically return the fund and it's just like dwarfs the returns of everything else. And I think careers are similar in that you have typically you have like one breakout role. And for me, that's been weekend fund, where the learnings, the network, the growth, everything dwarfs previous roles I've had. So then the then it's like, what are the learnings around actually finding that breakout role, right, for anybody who's tuning in? And I think a lot of it is I think these breakout roles are attached to people, not companies. So that's kind of going back to my previous point. And also, um, I think, think that these roles um are very um they're just like attached to like specific networks and a lot of them i a lot of it i think is like really expanding your network to be in the flow of these opportunities
0: yeah cool i love i love all that yeah um it's cool i think the, um the the people people of people first version of things that's a that's one of the smartest pieces of advice i got in college which just mm. like choose the professors that you like mm. and just like take all their classes that's, don't base it off of the, the like the title yeah. class or whatever you know it's that's, like if you like that person take more random like like we had a great computer science professor that I, it's like just take all of his classes you know or like this amazing kind of uh, southeast asian studies person like she was amazing so it's like so you can kind of just like take those people um and so as you're out there in the world thinking about who you admire hit them up hang out with them and yeah. just go and try to like be with those people yeah um, or even like important.
1: maintaining that's a, that's actually such a deceptively piece simple piece of advice for classes like these are professors you like yeah. you know it like feels so simple it's like oh that must be wrong but it actually yeah. sounds yeah. like great advice um <clears throat> and then the other thing is maybe like um betting your career in emerging waves um we can Fund, and, and I know we're going to talk more about Signature Block, but we can Fund um, is an early stage fund, but we're extremely collaborative because we've seen an explosion of emerging fund managers around the fund. And we were in like a previous cohort or previous wave of these emerging fund managers. So one thing that was actually very important for me is, you know, like, can I join an organization, or can I join a fund that's really capitalizing on this em- one of these emerging waves? Um, and the opportunity to really be um, a builder versus a caretaker or something is also huge. Um, I was the second person um, on the team at Weekend Fund, um, and I think my career has been um, like progressively smaller and smaller teams. Um, I joined. Yeah, when I joined Stripe it was already two hundred people. True layer was I was you know, it was five people. In weekend fund I was the second person. So I think that's been a good sequencing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Soon you'll look in the mirror and you'll see yourself and then the next ten years later you'll look in the mirror and you'll see no one. You'll just be (laughs) like, Oh my god, I've like lost a total sense of self. Um yeah, that's cool. I think it's a cool um being part of the ways I think for myself, like, you know, early, just like doing East Denver stuff, it's like, this is a great wave. And I just like, I love all this stuff. So it's just like, be there, be with the people you like vibe with them, hang out with them. And, and then I think, yeah. And thinking in terms of, um, those networks, and you're like, oh yeah, you like random like computer science, blah, blah blah. Okay, hang out with them, or and also the kind of power law view of life, which is mm. just like, and if something, the other kind of corollary that's like, if you're doing something, you're like, oh, this isn't that great, and I've been here for three or six months. Well, go find your other breakout role somewhere else. Like, don't don't just keep on hanging out there for like five years and then wake up and you're like thirty seven or
1: whatever. Yeah, um, there's you know. this. Um, Mark uh, and Andreessen. Sorry, last thing on this. Mark Andreessen wrote. Um, a great series of blog posts that he compiled into the PMARCA guide for career planning. You sound, oh, interesting. it sounds like you've maybe read it. Um, but I thought I had, yeah. but then maybe yeah, okay, I okay. Okay. about it. Yet. Okay. Um, but no, not to delve too deep into the post itself. It's great. Um, but I, there's this quote in there, which is um, like you paraphrasing, you basically want to be Taking a bet on career opportunities, which if they work, make the rest of your career look like a footnote.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, yeah, I love that. Um, so so that, so, so we now know how to, actually, let me see one other piece on on, on, yeah. on VC life before before going yeah. to emerging managers and, and or stuff, which is, I think an interesting thing, you know, a thing, how do I say this? you know, I think being a venture capitalist, I think it's this weird, it's like put on this pedestal, like people like mm-hmm. have these things of like, oh, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can do whatever, but like being a VC, mm-hmm. not only, no one is VCs, only the people who are like, like random, like a couple <laughs> random, like Twitter influencers are VCs. And also, and this is from like a general vibe of the world, like, and also <laughs> they're like bad people, like you're a capitalist or whatever. Um, And so I think for me personally, mm-hmm. I think I haven't been a VC yet, but I think it's likely in my future that I will do VC stuff. And I think, but I had to kind of like work through my own my own shit, essentially, to be like, actually being a VC is like kind of cool. <coughs> and you could be a cool VC. You could be a collaborative one like you guys. You can be one that's philosophical, like Albert Wanger, You can be like Roy mm-hmm. Bahat, who like works with like workers unions. And, you know, and so I think like, so tell me a little bit about how you kind of, I don't know, like that, you know, th- like, and so what I tell people, people who are just like super curious about the world, I'm like, you should probably just be a VC. You know, you're allowed mm-hmm. to do that. Um, how, What kind of people do you think, would be a good fit for
1: VC and and, mm. and and to
0: kind of get over that weird barrier
1: yeah um, great question and really good examples um, between Albert Wagner and Roy et etc um, I think they're all like very good at being masters of their domains um, in terms of what type of person um, I think that can be a good fit for ventures so um, you know someone who like goes down rabbit holes. Um, for a living and it's coming in the way of their work currently I think in venture um, you know you get to go down these like you know you're like a professional rabbit hole digger so to say so um, if you're like extremely intellectually curious about the world um, then the other thing is um, I find that VCs tend to be very, like the best VCs actually tend to be very good systems thinkers. And what I mean by that is like, um, you know, like the kind of person who's able to take like a lot of disparate inputs, I read like this market map, I talked to this founder, I this, I did that, and be able to like really put together like a coherent map that gets like incrementally richer about where things are going. And the other thing that I think is very useful um, in venture is um, in some ways, your job is to like assess potential, especially in the early stage, right? Because there isn't a lot of hard evidence to go off. Um, so I think in some ways, like imagination is very important in venture. Are you able to see things? where others aren't. I think in some calls you just have this like moment where a fact with a founder where they just feel seen by you. And I think that's really magical. And there's definitely like some investors like really have that talent to be like, I understand your frustration with the current state of the world. Right. And I, I see the world that you want to build. Right. And um, the other thing is um like just dealing with a lot of different threads um like open this is something transparently i'm still trying to get better at but responsiveness like matters tremendously um in venture because you know early stage startups like inherently move very fast and you're kind of you know like depending on how involved you are with these companies, like you need to move at that speed, but you need to do it across the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like depending Ooh, yeah. on the type of investor you are. So I think like someone who's able to like parallel process a lot, I think is like a good, yeah, it's a good skill to have as well in venture.
0: Yeah. I love all those. I think it's kind of a funny um uh, and, and like, it's it's a yeah the rabbit holing and, and <laughs> kind of being a systems thinker and the yeah. kind of the the, the, and the synthesis and it's like kind of funny because mm. you know you and I are chatting about this you know digital health um you know market map that you just made and it's funny because like market maps I think can be seen as like oh here's another market yeah. map from a random other VC but actually it's very helpful because like a contact gimmick. Of-
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a content
0: gimmick, but actually it's like, no, here's a visualized representation of this industry and where it's going. And so becoming an expert at market maps is is very um that synthesis and distillation processes is important. Obviously, the, the, the like checking in potential is, is is key where you're like, oh my God. And, and vibing with people and be like, yeah. oh my God, that sounds yeah. really frustrating. And you seem like energetic, like here's here's some money. Um and then yeah, the responsiveness. So that's it, <laughs> and let me ask one other question, which is if you because I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of the people that I interact with are like adjacent to this and that they're just like they love rabbit holes they're kind of adhd yeah. energy you know yeah and so so i'm probably shilling vc on them too much um what 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 thing should i like i don't know like if there's if you have some random rabbit holder on the internet like it's sh- like should everybody be a vc or what kind of things should you would you be like uh, i'm not sure if it's a good fit for you
1: you mean like in the terms of the type of person or like the themes type of
0: person, the Mm -hmm. type of person where I'm like, Oh, I'm like trying you know, giving life advice to folks. I'm like, Oh, like for me right now, I'm kind of in a simple form where I'm like anybody who loves rabbit holding, or anybody who's hyper curious, but a lot of people like rabbit holing, you know?
1: Yeah. you mean like, what's the nuance? Like, yeah. What's the nuance?
0: And yeah, if I, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think, um, like a part of the nuance is, um, A lot of people, like I think of my boyfriend, for example, um, he's very adept at uh, rabbit holing, but I think like it also requires this like additional sense of like additional filter on the world, which is like, is this going to be like a like, am I deeply interested in venture capital specific? Because venture is like a very specific tool. Right. To like, you know, like a very specific kind of funding mechanism. So firstly, like, am I philosophically aligned with like the value venture can create in the world? I find that people who are philosophically aligned with venture are just far more likely to last the distance as with everything else. And then I think another nuance is like, I think venture also has very specific filters. Right, like not every technology rabbit hole, I think, is actually a good fit for venture capital. Right, you kind of, it requires filters like, is this extremely scalable? Right, can you capture like value at venture scale? Because there's a lot of like valuable technology can create a lot of value, not all of it is like capturable. Um, am I, and another thing that actually I've been trying to invest a bit more in is like understanding the history of venture and like someone who has like an interest in how we got here because the deeper you are able to understand that because um, at Signature Block, we're really building for what I think is like the future direction of venture capital. So that's led me down this like exploration of wait, how do we get here? Why are things the way they are, right? Like who got us here? Who were the key players? So I think that's like another um another point of nuance
0: cool yeah i think that's right i think it's a um yeah and I, as you say i think that's true it's just like some people love going down rabbit holes but they like doing that in like a phd setting where they're yeah. kind of the rabbit hole they're going down is like biotechnology and how this like receptor deals with this receptor and, blah, blah, blah. and so it's like that's a kind of rabbit hole but yeah. you have to yeah you have to kind of buy into have this um, like capital about-
1: allocation kind of lens yeah. i suppose um yeah, yeah sorry capital to cut allocation
0: you no, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, it's it's your interview, you know. I
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: capital allocation, betting, and power law returns, you know. And so it's like if you're if you're philosophically aligned with that, then um, kind of dive in. So let's chat about the future of. So you know, we can pretend that you know we're reading you know Power Law by Sebastian or whatever, mm. and you're kind of this is the next chapter yeah. of that book. Um, what um what is um, well actually tell us like what is Signature Block um, mm. for the listeners, and then what is the future of uh, how are you building the future of venture capital?
1: Yes. So, Signature Block is a newsletter we started at Weekend Fund. Um, We started at mid last year, and um, every topic deep dives into um, a how to topic that's relevant for emerging fund managers. So, some examples of past posts have been how to raise from LPs, how to create an LP pitch deck. And um, what's really important about how we approach these topics is you get to hear directly from experienced fund managers in uh, venture capital. I think there's very little right and wrong because primarily because you can't ape into anybody else's strategy because you won't have the same advantages as them. So what we really try to do is firstly, like try to connect, like emerging fund managers, like from a knowledge perspective to people who have done it before. Right and really like get out of the way and let experienced fund managers like talk directly to our audience, um, and then secondly like try to inc- include like a diversity of um, input in each of these topics because um, I think like strategy and advantages is very personal in venture.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. the um. The, The idea of, um, you know, A, and as a note for listeners, it is the best, you know, I was doing some research on like, yeah, how to start VC funds whatever. It's, I think it's the best. um, There's like, you know, there's a book um, uh, that's behind me somewhere. Um, What is it called? It's the, uh, the business of venture capital. That's a good book. Um, And, and the power law is a good book or, but like, in terms of just like day to day, who are the best emerging fund managers of the world? And like, let's, let's hear them speak about it it's it's amazing. So so you guys are doing great work. So so keep that up. And I also love the idea of you guys it makes me think of this Audrey Tang piece where she's like I am the channel through which um other people speak. And so that's what emerging you know mm. what signature block is. It's like you guys are just the channel to be like look, you're yeah. getting out of the way and you're letting the folks talk about it and then yeah. certain things will resonate with one person or another or whatever. So so tell us about the so the future of how is this building the the future mm. of you see what are, yeah tell us more about what where you see things going
1: yeah so um we're seeing an explosion of fund managers around the fund um and this has been primarily driven by a couple of things um firstly i think like through twitter through stuff stack and through other um content platforms it's much easier to get personal distribution without an institution um, and hence, like I think, like the kind of like pessimistic version, in a way, of this is like, oh, then you just get like VCs making memes, right? But like, I think it's important to understand like how are VCs able to make memes, right? Like, and it's because like you know these distribution platforms are um, they're open and they're extremely powerful if you have an audience. Um, the second thing is a lot of the enabling infrastructure to start a venture fund, uh, primarily driven by the work that AngelList is doing, is now far more accessible. So it's easier to start smaller funds. S- specifically, AngelList has a product called Rolling Funds, where, y- where you can get LPs to subscribe to your fund on um, a, a quarter by quarter base- basis. Right. So you don't have to have this like what traditionally used to happen is you needed to like raise from LPs and have this big bang close event. It's much harder to do that if you don't have a track record. Right. So what and kind of cold start problem always was, well, LPs don't want to invest in you because you don't have a track record. And then how do you build a track record? If you don't have enough personal capital to angel invest, if you're not a scout to actually prove to LPs, right, that you actually do have good access and can be like a high performing investor. So rolling funds, I think, to an extent actually solves that problem. It's really important enabling innovation. So my point is like a lot of these like um, kind of enabling forces are coming together in a perfect storm. And we see an explosion of emerging fund managers around the fund. And um what we want to do is um we want to serve them with content. So that's what signature block is as it stands currently, but also we're working on a product um that's um kind of pulling more on the capital thread because I think there's another, and we've run some experiments um so. One is actually, so for Weekend Fund itself, Weekend Fund 3 was raised from 370 LPs. So we actually did a community raise for the fund. So another parallel trend is, I think there's actually been like an explosion of operator LPs. So these are, you know, like, they're kind of add. they're basically adding to the arena of what used to be institutional LPs only. So that's creating like a new source of capital. So you have operator LPs, you have emerging GPs. And I think increasingly, my hypothesis is like, these are the same people. Um, and so I think there's a lot of opportunities, and we're kind of pulling some threads, right? How can we do better LP-GP matching? And then the third thread to really like pull on, I think, just to better serve emerging fund managers as community. A lot of these funds are small funds, and they're collaborative with, by design. Um, and um, I think there's a lot to be done to help emerging fund managers find their, like, their, like I, we need a better word for this, but every investor has a couple of co-investor BFFs to, the, to to say, well, you have this like high intensity of deal sharing. And I think that actually like sustains a lot of like sustains, especially solo GPs and emerging fund managers. Um, so the other thing I think we really want to do is like figure out how to better serve them, you know, from like a community perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love I love each of those things. It's making me think of, um, I just did an uh, interview with this woman, Steph Moy, mm. who um, is building this thing called PIN, which is a really good thing that democratized access to VC by using these um, investment funds so that people cool. with uh, less than 25K or so, mm. so non-accredited investors can invest. Mm. Uh, and I also just did an interview with Malun Yen from Operator Collective. And it's a similar, mm. like, yeah, just yeah. Like tons of operator LPs. And it's just like, and so, and that one's amazing because she has 90%, I think 90% of her LPs are um, women, yeah. which is just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, we're and doing, so,
1: I'm currently working on a post um, for Signature Block on how to do a community raise.
0: That would be great. For your yeah, friends. I think that's great. Yeah, and I think that there's a, um, it's interesting because I think that the capital piece, as you said there, there's like, now that you have people who are, you know, th- th- tell me more <laughs> about this kind of you know, as we have all these LPs that exist out there and the LPs are looking and the GPs, they're kind of the same person. So it's just Mm -hmm. like there's pools of capital and everybody's kind of pointing it at each other. And then everybody's also kind of, yeah, everybody's kind of like pointing and then people are starting to point at the founders, but the founders are also sometimes just like they're it's selling disgusting. to the, the company. You know, they're, the LP is an LP at a big B2B SaaS company and that person that like the founder sells to them. And so tell me about like, I don't there's these like these weird networks that are emerging. I guess maybe to ask like the far away question like here, it's like you talked about a lot of cool specific things that you guys are doing today. Mm-hmm. In twenty years, do you think it's going to look like what will it look like? A bunch of random like solo GPS with in in weird networks, or like how does this how does this kind of you know balance in twenty years? Where does this go?
1: Yeah, that's a great um, that's a great question. I think in twenty years we'll see um, <clears throat> as software eats the world. Um, you know, um, I think we're going to see people. Um, who have audiences increasingly do more investment. We're seeing this already, right? Everyone's becoming an investor, um, directionally speaking. Um, And I think kind of COVID accelerated a lot of this because we got a lot more comfortable losing and winning money online too. And you see this through like phenomenons like GameStop, um, et cetera. So let's say directionally speaking, everyone's becoming um, an investor. And then it's much easier to build audiences. So I think there's just you already seeing this like you have a podcast, right? So I think there's going to be a lot more niche audiences uh, created as a result. And I, I expect to see like venture capital to become a part of the monetization stack for anybody who has like a technology focused audience. But then the point is like that people, I think the difference between technology focused and non-technology business focused audiences is going to blur as well as software is the world. So really like, I would say like anybody who has like a kind of business or like, you know, like. Media-focused audience, even and crypto is an interesting example of like a scene that's really merging the entertainment scene, and you know Hollywood, modeling, like the kind of athletic scene with the technology scenes. I think we're going to see a lot more of that as well. Um, so I expect kind of venture to become a part of like the standard monetization stack um, for creators twenty years out i also um expect to see like a lot more squad based investing so um this happens kind of in the traditional venture world all the time but i think that's going to explode in that people are going to be i think investing in technology a lot more um you, know, you already see this like um, i don't know what the stat is 50 four percent or something like that at least like uh in terms of rough magnitude of um the one of the u.s stock exchanges is venture funded companies right so like that's gonna grow as well so then you know um that plays into a bunch of things but i think you'll see a lot more of the squad-based investing where people are investing with their friends in technology-based companies (coughs) And the barriers love- for entry are going to keep going down, I think, as well. And kind of really making venture more accessible as an asset class.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's smart. I think it's kind of like, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing where it's like so much of the um, uh, yeah, more access to it and index on venture capital, those kinds of things that allow you to kind of be like, look, this is where the frontier of science and, you know, and technology being turned into these like you know, venture scale businesses is where a lot of like money happens. And right now it's in a still a little small group and it's that group has become a lot larger over time. Yeah, And so continuing to make it larger, I think is cool. I think it's interesting that you chat about a uh, one note on the um uh, web three side. It's like, yeah, I love the, the meme of uh, this from David Hoffman from mm. Bankless of, you know, it's culturalizing finance and also financializing culture. And so those things are kind of just like lives. merging together mm. in this, in this funny way. How do you think though about like a thing, and this is like a more general question for you, as well, which I had before the show, which is like, I hear what you're saying about, okay, we're going to be in these squads and like, we're, you know, we're <laughs> in these individual, individual collectivism, we're in these networks, and we're going to be, um, it'll become more democratized in different ways. And I super agree with you on part of the, the stack where it's like, not only do you have a Patreon or a sub stack where people can pledge, but it's like, you should also be investing. It's like, yeah. that's kind of part of your ballgame. How do you think though about like... If you're a like a LP, especially like an institutional LP, you know, I was chatting with one of my friends at a, a large yeah. uh, university and I was <coughs> like, what kind of people are you looking at? And he's like, look, we only think that like six VC firms matter. And like, so we don't, our allocation is whatever. It's like 10% or something because like we don't, we shouldn't like, because not, um it's not a good asset class if you're not in these massive kind of grand slam companies. And so how does that mm. kind of perspective versus the like oh everybody should have it in their stack and it's like people are pointing money at a bunch of different things but only a few of them actually matter yeah. think About that,
1: i think your friend's probably right um but i think the the question is like directionally where are these six people gonna come from like venture mm-hmm. um i think anytime there's actually democratization it usually amplifies the power law which i think is like Kind of like it seems to be very counterintuitive because we see decks all the time, especially in the creator economy, where it says, like, you know, like we're gonna create a middle class of creators through this like platform. But it seems like every time, like, you know, the power law just gets more and more and more extreme with every new platform that's created because you're just able to like aggregate audiences better. Um, So I I, I think I'm with your friend, like, I don't think the power law of venture is fundamentally changing at all. The other reason is because the outcomes just seem to get larger as well. There was this like kind of meme last year, and this is very much like a bull market meme that like Decacorns are the new unicorns. Mm -hmm. Right. But Yeah. yeah, but we do have like companies in the portfolio that are approaching that size. Um, and I don't, and companies are staying private longer as well. Um, so yeah, I, I just think that these six funds increasingly are going to be funds that own their own distribution, because I think ultimately that's like the most powerful advantage that you can have, um, as like a VC is, can you help this founder kind of get customers, you know, get attention, get business. um, And these like proprietary networks, um, basically, it, it used to be like very network driven, I think, but I think the networks themselves and the audiences are getting more and more and more proprietary, right? Like when people want like Ryan's money, they only want Ryan's money. They don't want money from someone who has started a community-driven product on the internet. They want the money of the founder of Product Hunt. And this is what I mean.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a... um. Yeah, it's, it's a funny piece where it's like, and maybe yeah yeah i think that as you said i definitely agree yeah there's as as um we make things democratization of democratization just leads to more power law it it does lead to democratization a super long tail but like it also just is like nope there's like these top six or whatever um and it's interesting because yeah there's kind of a funny piece about the whole vc world that there's to some extent there's this like a desire and vibe for like being, you know, you guys are like, oh, we're, you know, we're a collaborative fun. we're kind of, you know, we kind of work, but at the same time, it's like, well, but like, we're looking for like distribution and like the distribution and like, and if, and if you're a person, if you're a company, you like, you want the distribution. I don't know. So I I, I, I found a question on this before, <coughs> mm-hmm. you know, diving into one other thing, which is like, how do you, that kind of, I don't know, how do you square that circle of like both being collaborative, but mm. also being competitive?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's very much like it's a hard line to walk. And I, I think the net result is something like co-op edition venture, really. Um, but the idea is, though, it, the more collaborative you are, the less zero-sum the game is. But also, the the more distinctive you are, the, the less zero-sum. The game is as well, right? Because then, you know, your capital is not a commodity, so to say. And it's kind of weird to, I think, talk about venture. Ryan and I are both product managers by trade. So a lot of how we strategize about this is like, how can we build the best possible product for, you know, the different users on the different sides of like the weekend fund ecosystem, which is really LPs, founders, um, and co investors. But I, think the art here is to strategize like it's a product but deliver like the kind of craft that venture is because i think it's kind of tricky to like talk about these things in terms of like product and distribution and this it, it starts to feel like very um mechanized in a way that i just don't think building these outlier companies is it starts to you start to sound like there's like a some sort of formula to it only if you own your own distribution can you find the next outlier and i think that's kind of dangerous to think as well because you know ultimately like we're in like very much like a craft driven business so one thing we kind of think about is like you know how do we make the weekend fund product more distinctive over time but also how do we kind of keep that humanity as we're actually delivering our service because it is a service. And then at the same time, how do we lean into our advantages on the kind of more network driven and collaboration side? Because that's, I think that's we, we're, we're continuing to build advantages in that side, um, kind of through the Signature Block audience. And uh, a part of our motivation, just selfishly, for working on Signature Block is other emerging fund managers are our largest uh, driver of deal flow. So in some ways it's like stupid not to do anything to serve them because there's only one strategy in business. You just solve more of your users' problems over time, right? And on one side of the weekend fund platform, like co-investors in emerging fund managers, there are users. So it isn't all like, it it isn't, there's like, I I philosophically want to see emerging fund managers succeed and I love serving them as an audience. I love hanging out with them. I love jamming a strategy on them. I want to know what experiments they're running. Like they're just very much my people. But also on the other side, I think it strategically makes sense for weekend fund.
0: Yeah, that's funny. It's like, I you did a good job of like explaining both the, the um, it's just this weird back and forth between like, you know, VC is a uh, power law kind of zero marginal cost yeah. of distribution industry, but it's also all about the craft and it's yes. a cottage industry and it's about people, yes. you know, and that like, you know, you, you love both like hanging out, you know, build, you know, uh, it being with these awesome other managers, but it also makes it strategically. So it's yeah. kind of like, it's nice when those things line up, you know, and I'm reminded when I was at MIT, it was like, I was not aligned with that ecosystem where everybody was like <laughs> optimizing for H index and like, which different thing, you know, Harvard, MIT, blah, yeah. blah. And it's like, I don't really vibe this way. And like yeah. the world that I live in now is, is it still has its own stupid ranking system of like Twitter followers or whatever, but it's like, I'm kind of more okay with that. You know, mm. so it's like, you kind of got to choose your, um, Choose the your your devil or whatever. Um, okay, so as we wrap here, yeah. I want to ask um, just do a quick overrated underrated, which mm. is um, to um, yeah. So I'll ask the question, and you you know you say overrated underrated, and you have like a one sentence uh, kind of response. Do you think that a VC <laughs> as an asset class is overrated or underrated?
1: Um, underrated, I think. Um, I think a lot of the kind of maybe. A lot of the rhetoric is controlled by, um, you know, I think the kind of older guard of venture capital funds, and I think they act, they, I think they add a lot to the ecosystem. But I think the kind of emerging fund manager ecosystem is really underrated. There are fund managers who are building very specific structural advantages that I think are going to be very powerful yeah sorry that's not that. one and sentence I, think, I will aim towards no, one sentence.
0: that's okay no, that's okay that's okay you try to anchor on one sentence yeah. and then when it's as long as it's less than 30 seconds you get i give you okay. a passing grade you okay. know okay. um you. yeah <laughs> i also love the, the kind of frame the kind of product frame that you have is really interesting and also the kind of viewing just like emerging funds as businesses and thinking about how they have different competitive advantages i think it's a cool yeah. kind of um frame as well okay do you think um with that in mind uh solo capitalists is that overrated or underrated?
1: Um. I think it's actually um, underrated um, it's probably overrated in terms. I think there's nuance. It's overrated in terms of a term because you just think like, you know, this is like a lone wolf just operating. I think people like still give you leverage. Like that's still like a real concept. In fact, I think the best people give you outsized leverage. And so, like, you know, Ryan decided to work with me and I'm very grateful for that, but um, we we'll start. I think not just in venture. We're going to start to see smaller and smaller teams build larger and larger businesses. Because, like to me, technology is about doing more with less. Like that's the fundamental premise. It's hard to see it go in the in the other direction.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, the capital. Yeah, things will become more solo and not. L- yeah, it's kind of a weird. It's like more solo and not less. But also, all the collectives and squads are going to show up. So, so who knows? Um, uh, and then the final one is: Do you think Stripe is overrated or underrated?
1: Um, underrated. Also, I'm probably like very optimistic, but Stripe's one of those businesses that just grows with the grain of the internet. I think like Google probably is like the purest. Um example of this in that it just grows with internet usage and that just makes it like the purest cash printing machine on the internet. But I think Stripe is a second, which is it grows with people wanting to do business um, on the internet.
0: Yep. Love it. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm into that. Um, great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Yes. Uh, Vedica. Thank and you for having me. Yeah, this was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And so as to check out um, Vedica online, you can go to Twitter at V E D i-k-a and then jane j-a and then underscore i-n um, you can check out signatureblock.co if you're some kind of person who's just curious about the VC world wants to make your own VC fund any of those things it's just, it really is it's an amazing um, place to do that and maybe you'll end up co-investing um, <laughs> thank you <laughs> and then finally if you're a, yeah, if you're a founder <laughs> um, check out weekend.fund yes um, that's where you can find Ryan and, and Vedika and also the um, yeah if you, especially if you're into product community building all that stuff those are like they're great uh, and know a lot about that so um, anything else you want to say to the listeners today Vedika
1: um, no yeah um, hit me up. Also, if you just want to email me, um, I'm at bailica at weekend
0: Boom. Perfect. Well, yeah. If you made it to the end of the, the that's your gift at the end of the yeah. <laughs> is the email address. It's like when you get a girl's digits <laughs> or a guy's yeah. digits, you're like, oh, yeah, my God. Um, thanks so much for listening today. If you like the show, please give us a five-star podcast review or subscribe on YouTube. And if you'd like to chat about this episode with a community of amazing, smart, ambitious, divergent people, come on by and join our Discord. You can find it at root.co. That's r o o t e.co. And then finally, if you'd like to contribute to these ideas being shared more widely in society, you can support the podcast production team at patreon.com slash reese lindmark. That's patreon.com r-h-y-s-l-i-n-d-m-a-r-k. Thanks, and see you here for the next episode. Bye.